You're listening to Vet Candy. Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Desk Winch Confessions. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Caitlin Palmer, AKA the Desk Winch. A desk winch is a profession very similar to a veterinary receptionist, only better. We deal with not only fractious felines and cranky canines, oh no, we overcome their human equivalents as well, Karens and Chads. On my show, we validate veterinarians and their support staff, as well as any of you other amazing, beautiful people who are listening. Now, without further ado, let me introduce you to my guest. Today, I have the San Diego vet herself, Dr. Angela Hoffman. When her oldest was still a baby, she got involved with the local cat and dog rescue. Uh, She was a communications director. She actually got her original degree in English and journalism. But she eventually at the shelter was offered a paid position as an adoptions counselor. And when you're doing that, you bring home a lot of foster animals, which you end up taking to the vet. And then when you're there long enough, they eventually offer you a job. She loved that job and always wanted to learn more. So she got her RVT, which is Registered Veterinary Technician. But after a divorce, she realized that the RVT wage was not going to pay the bills. She ended up going the vet school route with various children in tow throughout those years, but wouldn't change it for the world. Now she is the proud owner of her first practice, and she's hoping to expand. Her goal is to create a supportive, diverse workspace that pays a living wage. Thank you so much, Dr. Angie, for coming on today. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you. I'm super excited to be here, too. It's fun to talk about this stuff in a, in a nice, fun, safe space with somebody else who's, who's having a good time with what we're doing. Exactly. And we, you know, you have to because people are nuts. People are crazy out there. I love, Dr. Angie does just TikToks. You're the San Diego vet. And I'll tell you all a funny story. My dumbass thought your name was Sandy. Like, I thought it was Sandy, go, DV. I, I don't know. I don't know. You like when you read something all together and it just doesn't click. And I was like, oh, her name's Sandy. But what's her last name? And I was like, it's not Diego Vet. And I was like, oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, I've had more people do it. And I didn't realize it until you did. I was like, oh, that's because how that it comes up. Sand- got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I was like, that would be a really cool name, though. But like, that would just kind of be your future would be determined before you were even born if you were given that name. Oh, that would be a thing, yeah. So when you got your vet tech license, you were you already had all four children at that time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, four in six years. So they were just bing, bang, boom. I have, I still keep saying I need to find it. I've got a picture of one of them, the third one, in, in a kennel in a little car seat because <laughs> My mom was coming to pick him up. We were doing a little music class up above the street. And then I had my shift start. And so I took her in her little seat and I, you know, just put her in a kennel and shut the door. She was asleep. Like she was fine. But yeah, she stayed there for just, just a little bit of time. It's fine. It's okay to keep your kids in a kennel. I guess that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to say today. Right. I mean, I keep my kids in kennels. My kids are all animals, but. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy makes learning fun with the most fascinating people on our planet. Our entertaining, continuing education programs are made for your streaming world. Fabulous, fun, and free. Available on demand anywhere and anytime. 
Don't miss out. Subscribe today on iTunes, YouTube, or a platform of your choice. Or visit MyVetCandy.com for more information. So first of all, I know RVT, that's hard. And then you went to vet school after a divorce with four children. So you just, just very casual. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty normal trajectory. I think that's how everybody does it. Very, very casual, very easy. So you already had your undergrad and you just went directly to vet school? Yeah, and that's the the nice thing is if anybody ever has to do this, your math and your English are good forever. So you can have graduated college a million years ago. And they're like, yeah, that stuff hasn't changed. You're still good. I did have to retake some of the sciences and take some more science. So it took me a few semesters to get those back. But thankfully here in San Diego, we've got community colleges um, all over the place. And there was a summer (laughs) where I did, I was still, I was working part-time. I was surgery, surgery teching at that time. And then I was going to school and I was at all three different campuses taking all my different classes. I had like, it was a summer class. So everything was shoved in and it was really short. And I had, I was taking like 10 or 12 science credits. And I was doing that. And, and then of course, you know, those children at home. And then I was working and I learned how to sleep in the library at that time. So, you know, really useful for later on. But yeah, I just had to fill in some of those things. And then I was good to, to start vet school. That's awesome. So you got in vet school your first try too then, right? I did. I sort of rigged the game a little bit. I had a friend. So I'd had a doctor that I worked with who went to Ross and full disclosure, and he is fine with me telling this, that he was a little bit of an idiot before he went. Like he was thinking about getting face tattoo and he, he was just, he was kind of doing his own thing. And he was, he was doing a little bit of teching and he was like, okay, I'm going to go to vet school. And he came back whipped into shape. And I thought, okay, if he can do that, they must be a pretty good school and I could do that. So it's kind of looking at Ross and, and they have rolling admissions. So they have three, three classes that start every year. And so it's a little bit easier to get in your first time because they just have a lot more spaces. And then I had a friend who was going to St. George's and she just really loved it. They were on the verge of getting accredited. And I thought, okay, well, I can stay here and keep trying through these cycles you know, of admission. And if I don't get in, then I, then it's the next year because I only do one class and then I do that. Like I'm 42. I'm not 25. I don't want to sit here through multiple. Like, I don't need to get life experience. I've done that. I just need to get to school. So I was looking at those two and I ended up applying, applying to both of those programs and got into both. Um, and I ended up going to SGU. They only require one organic chemistry. That was part of it too. So part of it was rolling admissions and only one organic chemistry. And I was like, UC Davis, hmm, hmm, well, let's see about this. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I ended up having to withdraw from organic chemistry because I went through a phase where I was like, I want to be a vet. And then uh, organic chemistry and calculus, I was like, you know what? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'll just desk winch. It's all good. Yeah. And the fun thing is you never use it again. Like you never use it. A little bit of nutrition, it kind of came up and it was like, really passed over. So it is one of those barriers to entry for vet school that I I wish was not there for a lot of people because it really, it just doesn't mean a lot going forward. But here we are. I remember I studied and I studied and I studied and I've never, I mean, I've always studied, but I've never studied this hard. Like we had a study group and we met every night and I was working full time. And then I would go sit at a diner and do my homework and just study. In my first test, I made a 70 after- 70, what's your secret? God, that's amazing. I know, right? (laughs) 
But I was like, really? Like all of this time studying and working and I made a set. I went to my teacher. I was like in tears almost. And I was like, can you please tell me what I did wrong? Because like, I don't understand why my grade is so crappy. And he's like, oh, well, this was this and this was this. And I was like, oh, I knew that. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I have test anxiety. This is great. So when you went to vet school, you were working through vet school or were you able to I don't know how you'd work in vet school. No, I know some people who did, who've done a little bit of this and that as as, as our world has gone more virtual. There are some opportunities, um, but no. And that was part of my thing. My first semester I went, so I got my acceptance and I had to be there in like six weeks in Grenada, 3,000 miles away, everything, right? So I did that, got got it together and went. And it was so easy because I was used to, it was like, I, I always talk about, I'm a big sports fan, swinging two bats in the on-deck circle. Like I was four kids going to work, going to school. All I had to do was go to school. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can do this. And yeah, it was hard. And it, you know, but, but comparatively, not, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Next to being a mom, I can only imagine. You live in California. Have you ever met any famous people? Through work, not really through work or anything, but the people that I know that are famous, I've, I've grown up with. So I went to um, college with Paul Rudd. That's always a fun, uh, fun thing. I went to University of Kansas. He was roommates with my my then boyfriend, who became my husband. Um, so I got I got some stories to tell about him. And then Reed Drummond, who's the pioneer woman, she's one of my best friends from high school. Are you for real? Mm-hmm. Check out my Insta and, and all that every once in a while. We're actually supposed to get together. She's doing book tour. This is going to be like a whole ad for Redrum Re- and Pioneer Woman, but um, we were going <laughs> to book tour and COVID kind of messed it up. But we don't see a ton of uh, a ton of famous people where we are. Um, I did. We had some good football players and stuff when I was working at University of Georgia. A lot of guys that live in Atlanta and stuff out there. But yeah, it's mostly just, you know, sunshine and palm trees and uh, regular folks. And occasional turkeys, too, I saw. Uh, Yeah, that's up in Davis. That's freaking crazy. And my daughter was just like, oh, oh, yeah, we have turkeys. And I was like, what? Because they were just roosting in that, like, outside of her apartment complex. I was unprepared. And I have a little bit of a bird phobia, I'll I'll be honest with you. They're kind of dinosaurs, and they're scary, and they move fast. They are. I know birds. My first ever experience with the bird was this really cute little bird named Coconut, and I was like, I love coconut, so coconut will love me. I was a kid, and, and I still <laughs> I still kind of think that way. But, you know, you're like, oh, it's so cute. It's going to be my friend. And, you know, coconut could, could fly, and they had these high ceilings. It was my friend's stepmom's bird. And coconut would, like, swoop down on me. And I was terrified of little precious little coconut. So now anytime I see birds, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, no, you're you're fine. You just stay over there. I'll stay over here, and we'll all be we'll all be fine. I used to pet sit for um, uh, doctors that I worked with, and they had parrots and all kinds of things. And those things are, I mean, those beaks are they mean business. And they are like a one person kind of pet. They're like you're not my person. So, so I would get the nuts and the fruits and things, and kind of just toss them in the back. <laughs> like you guys are good. You can everything's clean in there. Okay, see you later. I'd like to keep my fingers. Right. Yeah, those those beaks don't play. I was terrified of little coconuts. And anytime it's like, yeah, no, I'm good. You're good. You're good. Okay, cool. 
I almost feel so bad, like for saying that you don't like a certain animal, you know, as someone in the vet field. Do you, do you feel that guilt sometimes? Sometimes I do, especially when I meet someone who really likes birds. I'm like, I don't want anything bad to happen to your bird. I want your bird to be happy and wonderful and fun, but I'm just going to love your bird from afar. <laughs> your bird will be fine without me in its life. I'm happy for you and your bird. I am not interested in meeting your bird. Right, right. The chicken this morning, I'm house sitting and my friend has a little a little baby silky and it's a cute it's so cute but it needs its little foot soaked in a little epsom salt bath it got they're not too sure what happened to it but anyway i went to go pick up this chicken and i'm like this is it this is it i'm going to be like hey i'm not going to be able to make the podcast this afternoon because i'm dead because i was killed by a chicken so <laughs> i was picking up this chicken I'm like oh no please please it was fine i'm like okay yeah i like my chickens i have chickens and they some, somehow don't qualify as birds for me i think cuz they don't fly and swoop. That's, that's my, I don't like that. Yeah. I like how they look. I can appreciate them, but they're just, they're for the birds. The birds are for the birds. I'm a cat lady. I like dogs too. I like most everything. Do y'all do, um, is it just a small animal practice that you have? Yeah. And it's just dogs and cats. I, um, shed the whole, I've done some pocket pets at the last place I was mostly because the other doctors did it and um it's like okay I can I can pick this up as I go along but it's not my it's just not my favorite thing to do and when you when you're on practice you can decide what you want to do and that is uh that's a pretty great place to be so I'm like oh I don't have to muddle along with the bunny and an owner who really probably knows more than I do and you know I'm trying to like figure it out and talk to them and it's very freeing <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner, and I want to tell you about my new show, Living Well with Dr. Jessica. We talk about life, love, and living your healthiest life. Check it out on Vet Candy Radio or a podcast platform of your choice. Yeah, I can't imagine being the boss. It sounds amazing, but also sounds kind of stressful because, you know, when we get these Karens and Chads and just unhappy people, they want to talk to you. Like, if they're mean to your receptionist, the next step is I want to talk to to Dr. Angie. I'm a weirdo because I kind of like that. I liked it when I was when I was a tech and a CSR. It's sort of like a game. Right. And I, we were just talking about that today. We had, we had a client today who was not super difficult, but it was a, it was a type, you know, and it was a type that you're trying to communicate with and they're talking over you and they're filling in the name of the medication you think they're going to give to kind of show you that they have some medical knowledge. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that kind of vibe. And I was like, okay. And then my um, tech went in, who's amazing and great. And we talk about this all the time. And she's like, I won. I won that appointment. I want you to know. I'm like, I know you did. Good job. So, and this is what I would do. And it feels so good when you're like, they don't even know what just happened, but you shaped and molded that conversation and you took it the direction you wanted to. And they're not unhappy because they didn't, you didn't go, well, no, because we're going to just went right. And you nod your head a lot and you go, and then we're going to, and you, you just, it, it's just kind of a fun, I think of it as kind of like improv, like you're working off of them and you're you're kind of understanding where it needs to go, but you know where you want to go and you can drive that train. So I, I don't mind those. I find that we kind of set them up for it in the room. My team is great. I've got a practice manager who's been at tech and done all that stuff. I have a receptionist who was the practice manager of our other place. And she's just one of those super calming people. Like she could say anything to you and you're like, yeah, okay. 
So they all know the thing too. And if anybody's given anybody a hard time, especially like, gosh, we have teenage employees sometimes that are just, you know, here to get experience. And if you yell at one of them, I will come for you. And it will not be a nice conversation. <laughs> and some people are like that. And especially now, I'm sure you've seen, you know, with, with masks and with different forms of curbside and whatever, there are some people who are just unhappy and they're having an unhappy day and they're unhappy about life right now, which welcome, we all are. But if you take it out on this nice 16 year old, 17 year old girl who's coming out to just take your cat inside, we're gonna go. But for the rest of it, like I, I find that they, they really handle it well. And this is the key to having a really great enabled staff. They can do that stuff for me and they know what the answer is and they don't have that whole, I don't know if you've experienced this at the front, you have a measure of of authority when you don't say, oh, I'm not sure, let me ask the doctor or we'll all see. When you are empowered to go, you know what our policy is and we don't do this without having the exam first because it, it was kind of a little sense of weakness, right? People, oh, I'm not sure I'll ask. The implication is, well, maybe the answer is yes. And when you, as fabulous Caitlin, the desk wench can say, Oh, I know. I understand. It, it is difficult to get in, and you know, I'm, I'm just here to tell you this. This is how we do things, and our, our policy and the state law actually is that we will need to do an exam before we prescribe that that medication for you. End of end of story, right? And then you've taken control of that, and you have shaped that, and the person's not going to go. Well, I want to talk to somebody else. I really rarely get that because the people I have having those conversations are are so good at it themselves we're kind of training our clients in a way. We have a new boss and the old boss, he has, you know, you have your special clients that are like, oh, well, tell them it's me. They'll let me do it. Right, right. And that may be true or may not be true. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, mm, no. And then it's so funny because usually when it's like that, you know, I'll, I'll go, hey, doc, do you, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, so-and-so, so no, I don't think so. But they're breaking out the first name and they're going, yeah real good buddies yeah Mm -hmm. that's my cousin it's like everybody's cousins (laughs) this is the deep south we're literally all related so do you have a fun like a favorite story where you kind of got to tell a a mean client where to go (laughs) oh I had one and this was years ago but I still I still think about it and I still channel it every once in a while and this was a young dog I want to say she was about eight months old larger breed dog and she was having intermittent lameness in her hind limbs and this this gentleman had been in a couple of times declined everything just wanted to talk about it and so I kept saying the same things of like well at this age you know I'm concerned that she has some congenital problems either in her you know hips stifle back you know it's hard to say and here's how we handle this we would do we would give her some good sedation that's reversible, but then we take those x-rays because gosh darn it, they just won't lay still on that table and let us get those good, you know, I always, I, I do sedation with every sort of orthopedic x-ray because otherwise it's a waste of their time and it's not pleasant for the pet. So we had this conversation a couple of times and then he called, I think he ended up never doing the diagnostics, but we had maybe said, well, we could try a few days of an NSAID and rest and just see if that helps her because that's useful information. Now, if she's going to be on this long term, we will need to do some blood work to kidney, liver, right? The whole spiel, normal spiel. He didn't like that answer. Well, if I take aspirin, if I have aspirin in my my medicine cabinet, I'm not doing blood work every time I do it. That was his whole, that was what he kept coming back to. And I turned it around on him and we just chatted. I was like, I know, right? And he just wanted to talk. And you know, as being a CSR, sometimes you just have to let him talk. Talk through the whole thing. 
and he was getting himself a little more worked up and he was real sure of himself. He had what I like, I don't know if you listen to Uncharted, but Andy Rourke talks about his the raging flaming sword of justice. He had it, man. He was wielding that thing. And I just was, uh-huh, right. And we were on the phone and I said, okay, I totally understand what you're saying. And it sounds like it's different from the medicine that we practice. So I'll go ahead and send your records. And I mean, the nicest thing, I was through three sentences before he went, oh, wait, what? Like, yeah, no, it just sounds like it's not a good fit. And like, you're looking for something a little different. And so no, no problem. You know, don't worry about it. I'll just send this to you. And just smiling and nodding at him, even over the phone. And he was just like, oh, 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 oh okay. All right. Thank, thank you. And it was done and nobody yelled at anybody. And he didn't even really know what had happened. And maybe he got mad later, like, I don't know. But it was, it was really nice because I'm done. I told him what I needed to medically. He told me where he was and we just made it, made it go. And I didn't, you know, nobody fought with anybody. And so I, I think about that sometimes about firing people before they even know they're fired. Sometimes that's good for everybody. Yes, it is. It's like employees can't act like that. It's not okay for clients to act that way either. And I understand what you're feeling. That That's just not how we're going to do things. So please, I'm, I'm, you're free to go somewhere else. We talked about that a lot here about releasing somebody to go find their, their better fit setting them free. They're like doves that you just let go. I saw on your pictures that you've got pictures with basset hounds. Are you, are you a basset hound person? I am a little bit. I'm a, I'm a hound person in general. I had a black and tan mix. I've had a bloodhound mix. I had a blue tick coon hound that I love. And oh, nobody so out here knows in California, they don't know what it They're like, what kind of mixed breed is that? I'm like, well, yeah. And see, we see them. They're Wootig hounds, red bones, Louisiana Catahoula curs. I mean, they're a dime a dozen. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, there's a place out here called, you know, Hounds and More. And they're just great. I love them. And uh, that's where I got those guys. And so then I ended up with a Basset. Oh. And then when you have Basset, then people are like, do you want another one? Here's one that needs a home that was getting his butt kicked by the little terrier in the house because they're schnauzer. It's a schnauzer. So, yeah, so now I have a couple and, and Barnabas is my, uh, is my model, He's the, the, the basis for my logo. And they're just dumb. They're simple and I love them. They are. They're so cute. I had somebody in the, you know, they, they check in and they, I check them in, they go sit down and they had this beautiful basset hound. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want a basset hound so much. She's like, I will never do this again. <laughs> like she didn't even beat a, like she didn't even miss a beat. She's like, this is the last one I'll ever. I was like, oh wow, what'd you do? <laughs> what did you do? And then like he went in the exam room and I think he was just just kind of an idiot, you know, but. Yeah, yeah. I call mine as, as affectionately named Dum Dum. And he will come to, he's like, yeah, yeah my mom's talking to me. She's thinking I'm a Dum Dum. Yeah, bless his heart. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Show us your scary selfie to win incredible prizes. <laughs> Caitlin Palmer with the Desk Winch Confessions, and Halloween is my favorite time of year. This year, I'm celebrating with the Scary Selfie Contest. To enter, just take a scary selfie in your awesome Halloween costume and post it on Instagram. Tag at myvetcandy, hashtag scary selfie. Three lucky winners will win $100 Visa gift cards, 
visit myvetcandy.com slash scary for contest rules and regulations. My brother had a dog they called, his name was Cyrus, but they called him Mr. Dumb. And like he come, he would come to Mr. Dumb and Dumb Dumb and Mr. Dumb. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's me. And It's a term of endearment. I, I say all the time, he goes, mom, mom says I'm stinky. I think stinky is a real good word because she says that a lot about me. Yeah, you are, buddy. Sure. What you say is how you say it. You can say the meanest, most heinous stuff as long as you say it in the mom voice. It's okay. I don't mean it bad. It's just that, you know, you're dumb, you're dumb and stinky and I love you. Exactly. Oh my goodness. My little panzer. I have a, a palm and I talk about him all the time and he's just the love of my life. And I'm just like, you're just a little dick. You can't help it. You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so you get it. I can't wait until this is fully resolved so I can tell the the end of the story. But we had somebody come to pick up their dog from boarding. And the technician hadn't been caring for the dog in the kennel. She was just like, oh, they're here to get it. I'll grab him and bring him up front. And it's a dachshund, and he yelped before she opened the door. I think what happened was maybe he, like, pulled or something. Well, the owner was convinced that we kicked their dog. Like, they were just absolutely convinced. And we're like, no, we, we would never. And, you know, it was this whole thing. And, like, they wanted to talk to the doctor, and I had to, like, write up this big thing about it. And the poor technician is almost in tears, and she's like, I didn't even touch him. You know, and the guy's like, I know. And the guy was, you know, just really fussing at her. And I wanted to say, you know, your dog's an asshole, right? Like, he tries to bite us anytime. <laughs> you know? I hope that people are more accepting and understanding of my little shithead, because I know he's a little shithead. Yeah. And those are people, too, that I'll tell, if that is truly what you think that we would do, and if we don't have the level of trust that you think something else probably is at the top of the list besides we kicked it, then, yeah, we maybe we're, we're not the right place for you. <laughs> if, if that's what you think of us, you know, that's okay. You, you can go someplace else. That's crazy. And it wasn't like a, like a screaming yelp. It was just kind of like a, you know, how they just kind of do that little noise. And they were convinced we, we kicked it. And, and I, they ended up giving the people like some free gabapentin and like just some medicine. The doctor looked at him and said, I think he hurt his neck. I mean, he's a dachshund. Gee, do you think he has some IVDD maybe? I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably more likely that the vet staff kicked their dog than that their dachshund has back problems. But they were just so convinced. And I, you know, I chased them out because they got mad and they left. And I chased them out with their medicine. I was like, hey, you know, this, they're not charging you for this. This is your medicine. And they're like, you, you better find out what happened before I find out what happened. And I'm like, I will check into that for you. We'll be getting back to you with that. And your records. Goodbye. Yep. Bye. These are like serial clients that have been to like every clinic in town. So I'm kind of starting to see what, yeah, yeah, okay. So tell me about your staff. Like how do you handle like helping with things like burnout? And I love your TikTok where you're talking about like a toxic work environment. And it's like, you're always short staffed and everyone's in a bad mood. And it's just miserable. Clients are being mean. Pizza party. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there, right? It's like, oh, that's a, that's not even a band-aid. It's not even a good band-aid. It's been nice being in this for as long as I have been and seeing some different things. Negative examples are still really good examples. So I try to take those experiences that I've seen in my, in my advanced age and go, okay, well, what would have, what would have helped me at that 
stage or if I was, you know, because I have done every job in the hospital. I have, and I still do sometimes, scrub the toilets, empty the trashes, talk to the angry clients, um, you know, done the blood work, all of that stuff. So I think I have a good perspective on what they're going through, at least in general. Not that you can speak to everybody's experience, but my goal is just to not let it happen to the extent that I can. We have difficult cases. We have tough caseloads sometimes, some days. We have people that aren't nice to us. You know, all of that stuff we, we can't always control, but I can control for absolutely getting rid of those clients who you know are going to be a jerk to you, who you know are going to question your medicine, who you know are going to just treat the people badly who, who contact them. Because I don't know about you, but are, do you get any matter at the people who are really shitty to the front desk or the tech and then the doctor walks in and like, oh, hi. They're so kind to the doctor. Oh, hell no. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that doesn't fly either. If you're only nice to me, that's also going to be a thank you. And I don't mean it to sound like we don't fire everybody that comes in our clinic, but we have a lot of, we select for the good clients and the ones that we're not serving or they're not serving us are not a good fit, they go away. So I think that is a huge, huge thing. And the, the clinics that do not do that are really doing a disservice to their, to their whole team because that's something you can to an extent control for. We try to be very cautious about the amount of cases we're taking on. I'm a worker bee. I can sit here and, and work, work, work. And I know that when I'm not working, I'm a one doctor practice. So we don't have the revenue isn't as great. So I think it'd be really easy for me to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring another one in, bring another one in, I'll put another one in. Again, knowing from being the other people in the practice, if that means they're not going to get a lunch or they're going to get out of here an hour late, we're not going to do that just because we can. And then when you're overworked and you're stressed and you're overbooked, that's when mistakes happen too. Exactly. And nobody nobody feels good about that. And then you feel bad like you were set up to do that. And, and that's not fun either. So I think those are the big things is just trying to get that before it happens. And then we're also really clear with our team that mental health is health. And if you're not feeling good that day, and I don't need to know why or anything, you just fall in and say, I'm not going to come in today, I'm not feeling good. It's not contagious. Like That's kind of the code word. Like, it's not contagious. Okay, great. You don't have to get a COVID test. I, I don't need to know anything else. We're in California, so we have mandated sick leave. So every pay period, you're getting a certain amount of sick leave just put in your in your bank. And they see that with every paycheck. So that's just, it's just not even a question. So we just try as much as we can to get the burnout before it starts. And that's so forward thinking. And Mississippi and Louisiana, it's come a long way, but it's still got a long way to go. It's still got that bad stigma of suck it up, buttercup, you know, come to work, deal with it. Yeah, I had to do it. You have to do it too. Yeah. You know, it's it's very refreshing that you can talk about that. There's not the oh, don't talk to don't talk to the desk when she has to go. She goes to therapy. Don't talk to her. You know, like don't. <laughs> it's it's like you probably need to go to therapy too, ma'am. So, right. have you considered? Can I give you some feedback? <laughs> Maybe you would like to go. And it's not a bad thing. And I love these things. You know, I share them every time I see them. It's like you know, if you if you hurt your bones, you go to the doctor. You know, you hurt your hand. You hurt your head. You you know, if your mind is hurting, you go to a doctor. It's just what you what you do, right? And then you're better for it. And then everyone around you is better because you're better. So let's get into this review. I'm really excited about this review. Okay, so this is a one-star review that was left for your practice. This cat just knocks over my laptop. I'm going to cry. Okay, here's the one-star review. Scheduled an appointment to establish first care visit and become current with vaccines on Tuesday, September 21st. 
received a text message on Friday, September 24th at 5.31 p.m. about my appointment being canceled due to no deposit being made. I was working at the time and could not respond till after I got out of work. Unfortunately, they were closed till Monday when my appointment was scheduled. My appointment was scheduled for 11 o'clock. I showed up at 10.45 and was told my appointment was canceled due to not receiving a deposit within 24 hours of appointment. I was never told of needing a deposit ahead of time, and giving 30 minutes to respond on Friday before they closed for the weekend was unprofessional. Business must be good if they don't want new customers. Was quoted about $200 for established care, current vaccines, and nail trim. We'll be taking my business elsewhere. Isn't it great when the trash takes itself out? The backstory, and I did talk about this in one of my TikToks, is that we've had to start doing this with new clients because like everyone else in the world, we're super, super busy. And I'm trying to do as much as I physically can in the days that I see appointments. But again, without going, yeah, we'll take another and we'll take another and, and burning out the, the team. So we decided, we settled on this. Okay, so new clients, we haven't had this problem with, with our existing clients yet, but the new clients were no showing at a rate of about 50%. And when we're only having 12 you know, appointments a day that are scheduled, plus a couple of drop-offs, that's a fair amount if you have a few of those per day and then we're maybe not getting an existing client because we already have a space and you know all that good stuff. So we started requesting uh, or requiring a deposit. That's the equivalent of the exam price. And they're told at the time, because we do all this curbside stuff still here in California. Okay, well, thank you. We're, we're gonna send you some information. We're gonna send you a text with your pets, um, the main complaints, basically your subjective, you know, for this one, like what's going on with your pet. And then you're also going to get another text that has information about your, your client information form. And then the third text will be the link to pay the deposit. And we do ask that that is done as soon as you can, but definitely within 24 hours of your appointment time, or we will have to you know, reschedule you. We'll have to release that appointment time to somebody else. So they're told at the time and they're told again, if, if we haven't heard from them in 24 to 48 hours, they get another a text saying, hey, we need you to pay this deposit. Or sometimes they'll get confused and they'll send in like one piece of paper, you know, one of the text links and not the other stuff. So we're, we're constantly following up because it is three things they have to do. And then they, if they don't pay that, you know, in another day or if it gets to be one business day prior, we send them another text or, or call, depending on what we need to do, saying, you know, this needs to be paid right now. If it's not paid by this time, your appointment will be released to somebody else. Now we have not had a problem with this because everybody understands the assignment, right? Like, okay, well, if I don't pay it, that's going to happen. And this gentleman admittedly got the information. He was working. He couldn't respond to it. He could have called us that morning and said, the next morning said, hey, I'm so sorry about this. I wasn't able, but he didn't. He already knew it was canceled. Shows up for his appointment anyway to throw a fit about it. So I love that. I love that he puts all the times and the dates and all there. So like, well, you could have, and there's another Okay. So we just didn't do it. And then the quote at the end about how much it costs, I'm like, that is really reasonable. I might have to raise my prices. That's cheap, actually. I mean, for Southern California, like that's, that's pretty good, pal. But I love the, and you, you know, you do you have, you must, business must be good. Yeah, it is. It really is. And that's why we're requiring a deposit. And that's why we're only taking on people who are matched with us. And it already sounds like you're not going to. So I have worked for, I worked for one of my, um, my vets here in San Diego when I was doing the fostering and they were like, hey, do you want to work, you know, a couple days a week? And I was like, sure. 
She never turned anybody away ever. She would advertise in the penny saver. You know, those were the clients we were getting. Like a lot of them didn't come back. You know what I'm saying? So I saw a lot of that. And it's like, why are we going after these people? Like, and you were never allowed to, you know, if somebody didn't want to do something or if they were upset, like it, whatever it took to make them happy so they would come back. I'm like, but this person isn't your person. You know, why do you spend time on that? So that's what I feel about this guy. And my biggest advice that I have to anybody going through this is don't fight with people on the internet. So the stuff I told you, I did not tell him in the review response. I, because where does it go? It's just me going, but you said, and I did, and who cares? You know, honestly, who cares? Your response is not for that person. Your response is for everybody else who's reading it. So you just let that crazy flag fly on the other people. There's some capital letters in there. There's some lack of punctuation. People read that and I found I get it. And mine was like, I am so sorry that we couldn't meet your needs. We do ask for this deposit and it's full at this time and this time. And then unfortunately we have to release that appointment to somebody else. I really hope that you get the care that you need. Thank you so much. And so that's done and we never have to see that guy again. And that's, that's great as far as I'm concerned. I'll take a bad review in that instance, you know? Right. Yeah. And I'm just thinking if I was looking for a vet and I read that review, I'd be like, that vet sounds cool. I'll go that vet. Yeah. It doesn't do you to go to fight with them because then you just look like the crazy one and then people don't want to come to you. It's like, what's going on there? We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. parents. This is your favorite lifestyle guru, Renee Michelle, and I'm excited to tell you about my new show on pet candy. Join me and make some cute pet stuff. Talk about life and love and everything in between. Check out the Renee Michelle show on mypetcandy.com and let's have some fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like if he would have called and said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry this happened or, you know, whatever, just not, just not been a, an asshole in general, you know, you probably could have worked something out. You probably could have done something for him. Absolutely. If you, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. And we'll do the same thing with people who come in. If maybe they're not really nice, they're not completely verbally abusive to us, but they're just not very nice. And you would be surprised when we just kind of go about our day and are nice and treat them nicely. So many people, I would say probably 70, 80% of people the next day, whether they call or come in, will say, I'm really sorry. I was having a bad day or something else had happened. And you go, oh, of course, you know, we've all been there. We've all been jerks and we didn't want to be jerks. So you get a chance. And this was his chance was that morning. He could have, you know, called us and said, I'm so sorry. Can I please still get in? Can I pay? And no, it wasn't his fault. So whatever. Right. It's never the client's fault, dog. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard you've been talking some smack. I can't do that. I wish I could do that. Oh, I have one of those. I have one of those ready to put on my, t- it's in my drafts. I need to put it up. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. There's this trend going on TikTok where it's, um, you know, mm, yeah, well, I heard that you've been talking some smack and I just want you to know that I've been taking something, Taekwondo lessons in the back of the Walmarts. We're super centered. So if you don't want to get hurt, then you better stop. <laughs> it's really good. People are like, like lip syncing it. It's really good. I wanted to make mine about vet med, but I ended up just making it about the cat saying it hasn't been fed when it has clearly has just been fed. So, <laughs> you were talking about the the San Diego Zoo. Your your hero is at the San Diego Zoo. I'm very old, 
And um, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s. And Joan Embry was the, the ambassador for the San Diego Zoo. And she used to go on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and probably other stuff too, but that's where I remembered. And she was just so cool. And she would come out with us, here's a baby cheetah and here's the stuff. And would just, you know, had a lot of information about them. And like, that was her job. She still lives here in, um, in San Diego. She's got a ranch out in East County. And that was just my like, oh, you can do that. You can work with those animals and do that stuff. That's amazing. And my family would get me, I got all the James Harriet books. I was a big reader and that was, that was my, my thing. And, you know, a bunch of other little, little lesser known veterinary books. So that was always kind of the, the path I wanted to go. And then, you know, you find out the harsh realities of high school. It's like, oh, that's really hard to get into that school. Maybe I won't do that. English is easy and I like that. I'll just do that. But I always, you know, circled back, just got my way back, just took a while. Yes. I love that you got your undergrad in English and journalism and then did something totally different. Not according to the plan, but this is what I, why I love talking to um, younger, whether they're vets or techs or assistants, like there's no timeline here. Do the things that you enjoy, that you like, find out what you like and you don't like. You don't know when you're 18 or 25 even, or, you know, and there's plenty of time. You're not behind if you're 30 and you always thought you would get an RBT and you haven't gotten it yet, you can still do it. Or maybe you'll decide to go to vet school. Or maybe you'll do something totally different. It's, you got a lot of years to figure this out. That's amazing. And, you know, when you think about it, if you don't retire until you're 62 or 65 and you're only 30, that's 35 years that you still got to work. Right. Do you want to be miserable and doing something you don't really care about? Or my favorite is, well, but if I, if I go to, you know, I'm 31, if I go to vet school, then I'll be 35. Guess what? Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, right? You're going to still be 35. What are you going to do with that? I love that saying. I have not, my grandpa used to say that all the time. I didn't know that was a saying outside of my family. That's great. If the good Lord's willing, the good Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Well, I grew up in Kansas and Oklahoma and um, yeah, so that's, it's not very far. It's not very far from you. And it's not always a creek, is it? Nope. We have mud puddles that could pass for a creek. <laughs> or a creek. A creek. You're right. It's a creek. So how did you end up in California? Um, I just, we, you know, we were kind of tired of, I, I don't, I don't want to do winter anymore. And <laughs> I had a friend, I had been out here to visit. And um, I had a friend who was living out here, a friend of ours, that, um, and when my husband was graduating from law school, I was like, let's just go. Like, let's take our spring break and we'll just go out there. And his experience of what he perceived California to be was L.A. and smog and traffic. I'm like, mm, just give San Diego a try. And we came out and visited. He's like, oh, this is really nice. I'm like, I know, right? So uh, just started looking for jobs and, and ended up out here and, and never left. I like to go back and visit. It's always nice to visit, but... I don't, I don't think I'll leave. It's pretty great. Oh, that's awesome. I'm always saying, I got to get out of the South. I've never been out of the South my whole life. It's always been, you know, like the farthest North I've gone is Kentucky. And like, is that North? I don't think that's North. That's still kind. It doesn't quite count. So that's that's my goal. Maybe this time next year, I'll I'll go somewhere not in the South. Who knows? <laughs> this is so fun. How do you handle like clients abusing your, it it sounds kind of like you don't, it doesn't even get to that point most of the time. But when a client does become verbally abusive to you or your staff, you know, how do you word, you know, stepping in? Or do you just say, 
sorry, we can't help you. Here's your records. Or have you ever like lit into somebody? I try not to because it really, I, I find that it doesn't get you anywhere. It's again, the flaming, raging sort of justice. You might feel good for a second, but what is your goal? Is your goal, this person is so difficult and you're a little bit concerned and you just need to get them out of the hospital. You know, you just don't want them in there because they always do this when there's, I mean, granted it's COVID, but there's always like five other people in the hospital and something like, you just want to feel, thank you. We need to go out here. And that's a different conversation from some of the other ones that you would have. But I find it's good just to have a script. Um, and you know, this working front desk, I'm sure you have a script for people who are yelling at you on the phone. And it's something like, I can't, I can't talk to you if you're going to talk to me like that, or, you know, something like that to kind of diffuse it. Because if you keep going up, there's nowhere for it to go but up. But if you can, and I find silence is super helpful. I like silence in exams, either when people aren't understanding or they're listening to somebody else or they're not agreeing with you or everything you put out there is like, no, we can't, no, we can't, no, we can't. And they'll just sit there and go, so what do you think we should do? Let that silence go and let them try to fill it in. Because sometimes they're just thinking the next thing to say or they want you to get mad. And when you don't and you're just calm and you can just say, what do you think? And just be real quiet. That can help a lot of those things. That's true. This has been awesome. And I think what you're doing and what you've done is just so badass. <laughs> like that is so cool that that your, your life was going one direction. You totally went the opposite. And now you're a practice owner. Like you are the boss. You can tell people to, you know, like, you know what? I'm not dealing with your mean ass today. And I just think that's amazing. And I'm so jealous. I want to tell people that. <laughs> Yeah, you can do it. You want to move out to San Diego, right? You could come out here and, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Shannon Gregoire. If you're like me, it's tough keeping up with everything Vet Med. But now I'm going to make your life a lot easier. Check out my show on Vet Candy TV, available on iTunes, YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook Watch. Catch up with all things Vet Med with me. Well, I am so excited to have met you and to talk to you, and I love your TikToks. If if our listeners want to watch your TikToks or or connect with you on the socials how should they do that uh it's i'm pretty kept it pretty simple it's the same across the board it's the san diego dvm on instagram and tiktok and then i've got a facebook page and i think i'm on linkedin but i don't really do anything on there so <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me either of those platforms is good and i do have a i have a website too that is um, where you can find me if you google me it, it comes up right away Sure. And that's Dr. Angela Hoffman. So I appreciate you. And I think you're so amazing. And thank you so much for everything you have done, continue to do. Keep up the good work. You're amazing. I'm a fan. <laughs> She's amazing, you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. This was super, super fun. I'm so I'm so excited that the vet TikTok community is growing. I really just got on there like a few weeks ago and I was like, well, there's a lot of really good stuff on here. And it's really, it's really super fun. I love your, I love your stuff and your your Karen. And I know that that comes from a real place. So part of me is like, oh gosh, she's had to deal with that. And part of me is like, but she's turned it into something funny. This is great. 
I always tell people, you know, like you can have it, like you said, you can have a bad day. You can, you can be mean to me one time. I will say, you know, maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe it's just, you know, whatever. It's like, you do it again, you're going on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you had your chance. Now you're a meme. Well, this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for listening. I love sharing these stories with you. If you enjoyed the show, please hit that subscribe button. You can always find me on Vet Candy and TikTok at DeskWench, D-E-S-K-W-E-N-C-H. Send me your crazy stories to thedeskwench at gmail.com. Don't worry, friends. You can stay anonymous. I got you. Until next time, make it a great day. It's Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.